One of my good friends in Nashville, his name is Billy Sprague, wrote a song called La Vie. And in the chorus, it's French. La vie est dure, mais dieu est bon, c'est bon. Life is hard, but God is good. What's interesting about Billy is when he was in his 30s, he had met the woman of his dreams, Rose. So he was on his way to Nashville for his own concert. I mean, to Branson, Missouri, from Nashville, to his own concert. And Rose was coming from Texas to his concert. And then they were going to go, and then they were going to visit with her family and tell them the news that they were engaged. Billy had come here to northern Indiana to look for rings with Sherry and I. Victoria was our only child, really young. And when she was on her way, she pulled out in front of a car and a a semi hit her head on and killed her instantly. Billy went through a tremendously hard time, shaved his head for a couple of years. He completely lost his voice. He did damage actually to his voice because of his sheer grief. Changed his middle name to Rose's middle name. I was getting phone calls from friends of mine in Nashville saying, Billy has gone off the deep end. He's completely changed, Johnny. Billy has written several books about grief and about dying. Interestingly, Billy is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my whole life. But in that period of time, he changed. And so one time I talked to him about that. I said, Billy, you've kind of changed. You know what he said to me? He said, all living things change, Johnny. And out of that, I would talk to him from time to time. And he has been a good friend to me. And he has been so wise. And he's, I've talked to him about God. I had these conversations about where is God in the middle of all this? Where is God in the middle of it? And one thing that he and I agree on is that God is in the middle of the pain in a fallen world. So many times when we think about God, and this is one of the things that Billy has taught me, we think only through our own experience. And I never forget being living in Canova, West Virginia, living on Barger Hill, coming down the hill towards First Baptist, and Chuck Swindoll was on the radio. Some of you people don't have any idea who Chuck Swindoll is, but Chuck Swindoll, a great Bible teacher. And he, I was going down the hill and he said these words that I've always remembered. If your only experience with God is just your experience, there will come a time in your life when that will not be enough. And what he was saying was, you have to know about the character of God You have to know about the character of God apart from your own experience, which what he was saying was knowing the word more, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be led by the Lord inside of the word of God, to know him. You know, we sang this song, you're a good, good father. The reason I think that's such a beautiful picture for us is because, listen to me, because it's a personal relationship, that God is our father because of a personal, not, not 
God like you, you know, like you can't know him. He's too big. He's too vast. No, no, no. He can be, we can know him. And we talked about that last week. And I want to encourage you today, no matter what has happened in your life, I want to talk to you and start off. And, and by the way, we gave you a lot more notes in this sermon series so that you would have some of the scriptures to look back on, so that you would have this when you go to small group or when you think about what we're going through here in this eight weeks about the real God. And so you can find a lot of these scriptures I'm going to talk about. And, but I'm going to talk to you today about the goodness of God because there's a battle going on. When I was younger, a guy named George Andrews said, sometimes in my life, it's like in my head, there are two dogs that are battling it out. It's like they're just, and, and one is the world and one is God. And, and they just, and like there's this battle going on in my mind. And at the end of what he was saying, he said, and if you wonder which one's gonna win, it's the one that you're feeding. There is a battle. And this morning as I come here, I wanna, sometimes I, I, I wanna inspire you or I wanna fire you up. I wanna ignite you in this battle because it's a battle for your heart. Some people call it surrender. Some people call it commitment. Some people call it all in. Jesus said it's picking up your cross, denying yourself and following him. And the, what's the barrier for us to really experience God, especially after we've gone through a difficult time or when we're going through a difficult time? The barrier is there's an entire world system that comes and it's, and it's orchestrated by Satan to come to kill, steal, and destroy in relationships, in lives, in marriages, you know, the truth is the breakthrough only comes when you actually believe that God is good. When you believe that he is for you. And that's the importance of knowing what God says and who God really is. The real God. That he is for you. And so this was what we talked about last week when A.W. Tozer said this. Whatever comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So it's important that you know that. So our distorted view of God is at the root of all of our problems. So many times when we go through conflicts and anxieties and relationship breakdowns and fears and our sense even about the future, all are the root of this problem is that our distorted view of God is at the root of all of our problems. So here's what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to start today. And that is that we're going to go through a series of weeks where we look at the attributes of God. We're going to start, <clears throat> excuse me, with the goodness of God. The goodness of God. And so I'd like to define the goodness of God a little bit and look at this because it's so important for us to see it. So Exodus chapter 33 and 34 is where we find Moses. Now, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to refer back to it because Moses made a request. He said, Lord, show me who you are. Show me your glory, Lord. He has seen so many miraculous things. He's seen all the things. In fact, Psalm 103 verse 7 says, 
He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Moses makes an outrageous request. Lord, show me your glory in chapter 33, verse 18 of Exodus. And then God makes a promise. He says, all my goodness will pass before you. And this is foundational. He wants to see God face to face. He wants to see him. He says in verse Chapter 33, verse 19, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I think it's incredible that he says, I will cause my goodness. He could have said my holiness. He could have said all my compassion, but he said all my goodness will pass in front of you And then God's answer to this is found in verse five. And I wanna read it to you. What God says about himself, because this is the first time in the Bible, you have to get the importance of this. This is the first time that God has spoken to people about who he is. So listen up. This is the first time when God describes himself to people who don't know him. And he says, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed and said, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's good news, isn't it? He's a forgiver, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. This is what J.I. Packer, the guy who wrote Knowing God in the famous book Knowing God says, within the cluster of God's moral perfections. In other words, when you think about God, there is one in particular, the term goodness, that points to a quality which God especially singled out from the whole when proclaiming his goodness to Moses. He spoke of himself as abundant in goodness and truth. He also said this, generosity expresses the simple wish that others might have that they need to be happy. Packer is saying the idea of goodness is at the heart of the generosity of God. In fact, Packer goes on to say, if God is good, then we have what we need to be happy. Now, A.W. Tozer also said, and I put this in the outline, the goodness of God is that which disposes him to be the things that you need to know about God. They need, that really reveal himself to be kind, cordial, benevolent, and full of good will, will toward men. He is tender-hearted and of quick sympathy. By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness and he takes holy pleasure in the happiness of people. Here is the power even, I would tell you, here is the power behind temptation. And that is this, the belief that God is not for you. You are, that somehow he is withholding from you. That's the power behind temptation. Don't you remember in the garden? If you think about this, oh, you, I mean, I think God's keeping you. I mean, 
Satan comes and says, I, you know, I, I, God's not telling you everything. He's holding back. It's the lie that real success, nothing's changed for us. Real success, real fulfillment, and all the things that we're looking for are somewhere out there and God's keeping it from us. It's FOMO. Used to be YOLO, now it's FOMO. Used to be YOLO, you only live once. Now it's FOMO, the fear of missing out. The fear that somehow as I go off to college, I'll miss out. And so you look around and you see what everybody else is doing and you think, as a young parent, with your kids even, as you raise your kids, there's a whole world system trying to deceive you, not to do it God's way, but you're gonna, hey, you want your kid to be the star basketball player? You want your kid to be the best, don't you? And there's this deception that goes on. This is why it's so important. This past summer, we looked at 1 John 2. I'll bring it back up. Verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. There's a whole world system trying to trick us. But here's scripture's declaration. And I am only using one. I am telling you, I am only using one of hundreds of scriptures. I just picked one. It's Stan Buck, my dear friend who passed a couple years ago as a pastor. His favorite, favorite psalm was Psalm 84. One verse from this passage. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord Give grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The Lord, the I am that I am, the one Lord who spoke the world into existence. Listen, is a son, which means that he has unending unending resources and he is an unending source. He is a shield, unlimited protection. He gives grace which means getting what you don't deserve. And so how does God reveal his goodness to us? You might be sitting here like, well, how is it that we know that God is good? Here's the first thing. Through just natural blessings. Psalm 145. This is a good word to know. Psalm 145, verse 7. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And I want you to know, does the all include you? And I would say, yes, he is good to all. This little phrase is repeated through the Old Testament. It's a steadfast, loyal commitment, love to give you the best. He goes on in verse 16, Psalm 145. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all that he does. Brothers and sisters, my words will pass away. Everything I'm telling you, my stories about Nashville and Canova and all that stuff, that all just gonna pass away. I know that. But the word of God will last forever. Build your life on the sureness of knowing God, every blessing you have. I look out here as students and I see you guys and man, God has blessed you with an amazing, there are so many, I say, I say this to people, what's fascinating is my kids are so much ahead of where I was. It's amazing. It's really amazing. I look at you guys, some of you guys are 16, 17 years old. I'm like, man, you guys are spiritually on down the road from where I was. When I was 16 and 17 years old, man, I was a red hot mess. I was still barely holding on by a thread to my faith. And I'd just gotten saved when I was 16. God is good. And I wanna challenge you that there is a war, a battle going on for your heart to deceive you. He, he does, he gives you so much. He gives us so much, his grace. His wrath has been withheld by the cross of Jesus Christ so that you and every good thing you've been given, you can know him. Here's the second thing, and this is the good news. I don't want you to miss what I'm saying when I say God is good, because he not only in general, just who he is in his blessings, but here's more importantly, through specific deliverances. Look at Psalm 107. This is why I, I'm, we're doing this survey, even through the Bible, using a lot of different scriptures, but I think it's important that you guys know this. You guys know some of this just from songs that we sing. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. And then within this Psalm, he writes in these vignettes to people that are desperate because their own doing, their own sin. And in the fourth one, God seems to be working sovereignly through some sailors in this passage. But the process, you see this crying out to God in the midst of their desperation and God delivers and he delivers and he delivers. In Psalm 107 verse two, he rescues us from our enemies. In Psalm 107, verse four, he rescues us when we drift. In verse 10, he rescues us from the shadow of death. In, Psalm, in verse 20, he heals our diseases. In verse 29, he saves us in the midst of the life's storms. So come back to this, read this, this is good. Verse 43 says, let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. I was talking to my pastor this past week and uh, his name is Bob Yaberg and I was talking to him and he told me a story of he and a good friend of mine named Kevin were in Phoenix not too long ago and there was a Ugandan uh, 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 pastor from Uganda, Uganda 
I'm from West Virginia. I'm going to call it Uganda. But uh, we'll call it Uganda here, okay? And this pastor was speaking, and he said, Idi Amin killed our grandfathers, and he killed our fathers. And we prayed for America to come. And America did not come. We prayed for the rest of the world to come. And nobody came. And then he said, and then I prayed for God to come. And we as a people prayed for God to come. And he came. And then he said, the problem in America is that you are not desperate for God. And then Bob, as my pastor, said to me a quickening question. Johnny, are you desperate for God? He is a deliverer, folks. He is a deliverer. When we walk through the hardest things, la vie est dure, life is hard. Life is hard. We need him. This is the good news, is that the deliverance is not just found all through the Old Testament, but we find him through Jesus, his son. This is the important, I want you to know that God's not dead, he is alive. He shows us, how does he show us? Through his son, Jesus. The most profound way that God demonstrates his goodness is through his son, Jesus. Jesus is the proof of God's goodness. His goodness was made evident before anything he did. I just want to encourage you today. Jesus is that proof. I show you to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. For God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You hear that? This also is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That God, how good he is, is that when we were at our worst, when you were the most rebellious, when you were the most, maybe at that low point when you were an enemy of God, when you were at your lowest, God was at his best. That while you were a sinner, not after you cleaned up and started coming to church. Not, hey, I'm gonna start living better. I'm gonna start, I gotta have some clean living in my life. Not that, but while you were a sinner and rebellious, Christ died for you. When you were at your worst, when I was at my worst, Christ, God was at his best in Jesus. And Jesus is the guarantee of future goodness. The proof of present goodness is the cross. The proof and the guarantee of future goodness is the cross. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? When we were at our worst, God was at his best because he's a deliverer. He's good. He knows. 
So how do you respond to God's goodness? How is it that we respond to God's goodness? Well, there are three very specific responses to God's goodness that I want to talk about here in the time I have left. The first is to repent and receive God's greatest good gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. The first response is for those who may have sort of a desire or a knowledge about God, but they don't have a relationship with him. It's God's goodness that leads us to repentance. I wanna encourage you this morning that God created you for a love relationship with him and you have been created. Nobody here is an accident and you were created for eternity to have a love relationship with God. You were created to have a love relationship. And Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Every person here, all of us here, have sinned, we fall short. And I wanna encourage you with Romans chapter two, verse four. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. And so if you have never done that, I would encourage you to repent. And if you've never done that right now in your heart of hearts, this is what I would encourage you to pray. Almighty God, I have had no idea that you love me so much. And right now in this room, I wanna turn from my sins and I come to you with empty hands, empty hands of faith. And I ask you to forgive me based on Jesus's work on the cross and what he did through the resurrection and come into my life right now and invite him because he delivers us through Jesus. The second Thing that I would encourage you, the second way that you can respond to God is to surrender your life and your future fully to the Lordship of Christ. The second response is those who believe but who have yet to really surrender their lives to Christ, fully to the Lordship of Christ. And I want you to know that this is God's will for your life. God's will is not that we would work to become a little bit better, become a moral person, try harder. Romans 12, 1. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, because of he is good, guys, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What God wants is not your money, is not your religious activity. He wants you. He wants you lock, stock, and barrel. He wants you. Remember the battle? The battle and the barrier and the breakthrough? The battle is for your heart. Surrender today. And if you want to have that, if you have never surrendered your life to him, then bow to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to tell you I am afraid, but on this day in this room, I wanna surrender my life. I've tried to do it my own way. I've tried to trust only in myself, in my own 
desires. I've trusted in my own wishes. Lord, I come to you and I surrender my life to you completely. You are all wise. You are good. You love me. You are all knowing. Lord, I bow before you. And the third thing is this. Listen to me, some of you young parents. Some of you who have the problem I have. One of my great problems, Sherry could probably tell you about this more than anybody. She could probably clarify it better than I can. And that is this. I'm a worry wart. I get very concerned about stuff. Sometimes she even calls me Eeyore because I get concerned about things so much. This is one of our responses to how good God is, and that is this. Claim God's promise that you will never miss out on any good thing as long as you live. Young parents, I want to encourage you. Just because maybe you've even surrendered your life to Christ doesn't mean that you don't fear that you're going to miss out somehow. And you're tempted to maybe think the fear of missing out. And I want to encourage you to pray Psalm 84, verse 11. And that is this, Lord, you are my son and you are my shield. You are my grace. You are my glory. No good thing will I miss out on as I walk uprightly before you. And so I would encourage you how would you, do you respond to God's goodness? And I want to encourage you today. How many times do we come to church and we just look and we say, oh, that was nice. I want to encourage you today to take action and respond to the goodness of God. Today is a day for you to respond to the goodness of God. Maybe it is for some of you to come to the cross today, for you to come to Jesus. And if you've never done that, I want to invite you to do that today. I want to invite you to do that. For some of you, maybe is there parts of your life that you have not surrendered to Christ and you need to surrender today. And there are some of you that you're very concerned about the things in your life and you need to claim God's promises One of the things that I'm walking through, Sherry and I, this is something very, this is pretty deep waters for us. That is that my dad is really struggling. It's a struggle for her because they live on their own. They live in their house that I grew up in. And my mom is struggling too. They're both in very, very poor health. And they are at the final chapter of their life. And I want so badly, because my mom is struggling so much, I want her to do this, to claim God's promises that God is with her. You know, sometimes she, she said to me one time, she's like, I told her, I said, Mom, I really think Dad has dementia. That's what's going on. And she said to me, she she said, oh, John, this is the one thing. This is the one thing dad didn't want. I said, you know what, mom? I wish I'd never heard of diabetes. 
and I wish I'd never heard of autism. It's a struggle. And there's some of you here wish you would never heard of cancer. You'd never heard of this stuff. We live in a fallen world. My prayer for my mom is that she would claim God's promises because eternity is taken care of. Today for you is a day of knowing and meeting a good God. Maybe it is for you is to surrender. It's also for you to claim. You know that parenting is hard. Maybe for you, some of you students, maybe you've taken some shortcuts. You know that God has a better plan for you. Today is your day. So I'm gonna ask Holly to come up. If some of you need to come, I'll ask Eric and Billy if they would come over to the cross. Some of you, if you've never given your life to Christ and you've never come to the cross, I'm gonna invite you to do that. And, and Eric and Billy, I'll be over here as they come to, to pray. And then as well, for you here, some of you just, I don't wanna get rid of these altars. I want us to use these altars. If you need to come as an act of obedience, you wanna come and pray by yourself, this is great, do it right here. Do it this morning. Let's spend some time. Would you stand? You can stand right now. And if you need to pray with somebody, we'll be over here at the cross. Come to the cross if you need to pray with somebody. Whatever God is doing in your life, Lord, I pray right now that you would help us to cling to your goodness. Lord, help us. Because Lord, we, we need you. We need your goodness. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other because Jesus is the way. So Lord, I pray that you would help us in this hour. Help us, Lord, to cling to you no matter what's going on. In Jesus' name. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. And I've heard tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect. perfect in all of your ways you are perfect 
who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And I pray today that you will live your life according to his word because in this world we have experiences and there are times in our lives where we doubt and I want us to have our lives built on the truth of the real God. So Father, today I pray, Lord, that you would help us Help us as we seek you. Lord, thank you for being a good God. Lord, forgive us for looking to other things, other people, and even our circumstances, Lord, for loving this world and everything in it. Lord, we just pray that you would help to guide us, Lord. Continue to guide us by your word and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we would live glorifying lives, God-glorifying lives, Lord. Father, what's impossible with us is possible with you. So I pray, Lord, that you would, even as we leave this place, that you would encourage our hearts, Lord, to look to you and to trust you more in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to know that one of the things I want to do in this room, you know, we had the makeover happen. One of the things I wanna do is I want us, after the service, you're always invited to the cross and there will be people there that will pray with you. So if something was said or done inside this service, maybe it didn't have anything to do with my message, it was something else and you wanna pray with somebody, there'll be somebody over here to pray with you. We're gonna make that a fixture of who we are, all right? So as we leave today, I want you to know that if you'd like to have somebody pray with you, there'll be folks over here to pray with you. And I pray that you will be encouraged to live for a good God and remember to trust him this week. God bless you and have a great week.